Hello, welcome to Riot Act. This is the Rioters review that you are listening to. My name is Stephen Hill. His name is Renfrey Deadman. Always, 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 always. Um, how are you, mate? I'm very well. How are you? I'm bloody good, mate. You're I'm, quite excited, aren't you? I am delighted with this. But before we talk about why I'm delighted, okay. we should say what this show is and why, why we're doing it. Very good. Um, go over to patreon.com forward slash Riot Act podcast. And you will find our Patreon page. If you're listening to this on our Patreon page, we would like to say thank you very much, Lee. Tar, cheers. Thank you very much, Lee. Tar, bon, cheers. Très bien. Bon, très Excellent. Well done. Excellent. Well done. Nice. Thanks for you. Um, for doing <sighs> all those things, yeah. All of those things. For uh, for putting your hand in your pocket and actually contributing some money towards um, this podcast, which is very, very lovely of you. And because yeah. of that, you're probably getting this podcast way early than the people that that don't give us any money. Oh, yeah. By this point. By this point. Oh, you're yeah, way, you're way, way ahead. ahead yeah. of those idiots. Yeah, scum. Yeah, yeah. If you are one of those scum that I was talking about. Thanks for listening. Uh, uh, thanks very much <laughs> for listening. You should have been over on the Patreon page, mate, because you get to uh, get this ages ago. This yeah. is old news. This is last year's news. This is news. so yeah, old, yeah. mate. Um, but yeah, but you know, thanks for listening. All the same. So yeah, patreon.com um, forward slash right act podcast. And if you give us some money, you get the opportunity to actually shape this show that we do, which is called The Rioters Review. What? By suggesting an album for Renfrey and I to discuss. Oh, hello. Uh, and people that have done that, there have been many, many, many of them. I've got the list in front of oh, us. So many now. It's it's uh, slightly daunting looking at that list. Yeah. But it's sticking fine. out from that daunting list, like a beautiful gold-plated piece of wonderment, <laughs> uh, is a suggestion from Rick Watts. Rick, I could... Kiss you on the mouth, mate, with full blown tongue. I think the way the way that you are reacting, I think you want to kiss Rick Watts on the I think mouth. I've got no op- I've got no choice. I feel obliged to do that. Okay. Rick. Watch out, Rick. We're doing it. Butts to the wall. <laughs> uh. <laughs> what? Uh, anyway, Rick picked Dead Again by Typo Negative. Now I'm going to tell you why I'm excited. There are two reasons I'm excited about this. Number one, because Type of Negative are one of the greatest metal bands. No, fuck that. One of the greatest bands, full stop, ever. Yeah. Ever, 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 ever. Yeah. One of the most unique bands. Definitely one of the most unique. Ever. You well, know you're listening to Typo Negative. Oh, yeah, do yeah, you yeah. ever. 100%. And don't you, aren't you lucky for it? <laughs> and, uh, and the second reason is because of all the records he could have picked in Type of Negative back catalogue, all of which are brilliant. He has picked Dead Again, their last record, which I actually think, which we'll get into, is is the most interesting pick. Okay, possibly. cool. Interesting. All right. Uh, for me, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, just for my own little thing. So, um, Renfrey, Type Neg- do you like Type of Negative as much as me? Not as much as you, but I have a huge admiration for Typo Negative and I like them very, very, very much. Mm. I completely and utterly agree that they are genuinely unique. Yep. Um, you just immediately know you're listening to Typo and they are so... I even sometimes... I, I, I sometimes kind of question even if they're a metal band, you know, because they... like. Pete Steele once said that they took as much influence from Sabbath as they did uh, the Beatles and stuff like that. And yeah. I think there's a lot of songs, particularly on this record, actually, where you oh, can yeah, really loads. hear 
you know that sabbath and beatles influence mm-hmm. colliding and um and they're just such an interesting band who just didn't put any restrictions on themselves they mm. will have songs which are three minutes long and then they have songs on this record for example which are 14 minutes 14 long minutes. Oh, yeah. um and yeah you just you have no idea what they're gonna do next musically yeah. or probably actually when they're around i think even uh uh just in, in in real life mm. does that work mm. um, yeah i think they're a fascinating band they are a fascinating band and i do find this to be a very very fascinating record and a yes. period of their because you know just to fill people in who, who who may not be as au fait with type of negative as the two of us type of negative formed um and became the first band on roadrunner records to sell a million copies oh. with bloody kisses right so you know when you think of that incredible roster of bands that Roadrunner had from kind of the early 90s onwards, when you think... Cold Chamber? Well, it wasn't necessarily thinking of Cold Chamber, although I believe they sold um, a lot of records. Slipknot, but Fear Factory. Slipknot, I mean, well, Fear Factory are small fry compared to Nickelback. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. they've also, uh, you know, Machine Head, Sepultura, yeah. uh, those were the big ones, really. And, yeah. um, you know, from from that period in terms of, like, big, big album sales. Yeah. Even Dog Eat Dog, MTV winning Dog Eat Dog. <laughs> they had them. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, you go forward a few years and, you you know, they've got Lamb of Gods and Dream Theater and Corn oh, yeah. and Megadeth and... Yeah. Um, porcupine tree and big 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 about heaven and hell you know basically black sabbath in it type of negative the first band the band that kind of broke roadrunner records in a lot of ways and for years and years and years typo were the kind of one of the biggest cult bands in the world they were routinely on the front cover of kerrang magazine Mm. they could play the 5000 capacity brixton academy here in london um and uh i think it's fair to say first of new metal uh, they kind of existed alongside new metal for a few years and their popularity slightly dwindled. I wouldn't say they ever completely disappeared, but, you know, the, the October rust was the and uh, Bloody Kisses days were the, sort of the high point. Yeah. And then well coming down it was still, you know, and, and then it was a little bit of a drop off for the rest of the, their career. Certainly by the time this album came out in 2007, yeah. Typo Negative were not really a, spoken about. Well, they refuse to play the game. So um, new metal being all super cool. There are so many, you know, examples of bands changing their sound to fit the status quo, Uh, not the band status quo. Um, And Typo just wouldn't do that. They just refused to do that. And uh, I suppose that might be why they had that dip in popularity for a bit. But, you know... Those record, those bands are the bands who release stuff that are kind of timeless in a yeah. sense because they refuse to pander to the zeitgeist or mm-hmm. whatever's happening at the time, mm. at the moment. So, so typo negative. This album came out. This album came out on my birth, my twenty seventh birthday. Oh, lovely! Came out on the twenty, the thirteenth of March two thousand and seven. Uh, it is the only typo negative album not to come out on Roadrunner Records. So yeah, to give you some idea of um, of how typos form had uh or kind of popularity had dwindled slightly they were dropped by roadrunner records yes uh i am under the understanding that they well i I don't think that's what the way that i understand it is roadrunner came back with an offer uh that was lower than for their previous album Mm. and typo 
saw this as a, a bit of an insult, so they decided to go elsewhere. So I don't know if that yeah okay dropped. Drop, yeah okay okay. Well, um, they, they were, I, I think they were um, they were not being prioritised on Roadrunner. Absolutely. Yes, I think that's absolutely true. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I think they just decided there'd been quite a gap between was it worlds coming down the record previous to this 2003 uh yes it was yes there'd been quite a gap between dead again and this record uh, there was a gap between most of the typo records um bar the first three so the first it's again just a bizarre way of a uh, bizarre pattern of releasing records their first three albums all came out within three years mm. and then there was a three-year wait between every single record but yep. this this record there was a four-year wait there was yeah um which in those days felt like a very very a long time very long time um mm. there were a number of reasons for that a number of uh there's a number of interesting things that happened in that time i think um uh Pete Steele's mother passed away. I think Josh um, Silva is it the keyboardist? Yeah. I think his mother passed away as well. He was in rehab for a little while for an addiction to cocaine and mm. alcohol and Burger King is what he said as well. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, there were a number of things going on, and I think a lot of them had an effect on this record and what it would be. Most pertinently, probably the death of his mother yeah uh and he said that he was very angry about that and very uh it made him think of mortality and death and then like typo negative are a band who you would assume would think about death quite a lot there's quite a lot of gothic undertones with their music and well, stuff there's not even undertones of death yeah, in it. like un- there are overtones yeah over yeah, there yeah, are, yeah yeah you know, yeah like yeah. the whole thing just yeah. feels like a big cloak of death being yeah. like dropped on your face like they are a band with incredibly morose and depressing lyrics yeah. for in, in many many parts of their career yeah absolutely um but i think um but yeah but the death of his mother made him angry he said and made him want to write these faster tunes i suppose yeah. and that's the first thing that hit me listening to this record first time around mm. was how compared to the previous typo material it had a sort of punkier angrier edge to it would you agree with that yes and i think i i always um have sort of attributed it to that um i wondered if the like at the time i wondered if the change of label had anything to do with it, it probably didn't but um you know it may well have done who knows but i think it was a very different sounding typo negative i think this record sounds very different to the other type of negative records mostly i think that is because it's the first one since bloody kisses that was recorded with an actual drum kit as opposed yeah to a, uh, a drum machine yeah you know, kind of, i was gonna say famously but this is quite an underrated album so it's not that famous i don't think but like josh silver said something about this actually in uh a magazine <laughs> uh, uh, a magazine he said maybe this album is a little different because we used uh johnny live johnny their drummer yeah. live as johnny opposed Kenny. to a drum machine uh had we used a drum machine i think peter would have made the stuff a lot slower but when you're playing with a real drummer you tend to speed up which isn't necessarily a bad thing so yep. yes mm-hmm. i think that's absolutely correct mm. so it did sound to me like i remember putting on and going oh it really does sound different from the last few typo negative records i didn't say it would sound it still sounded like typo it still sounds like typo yeah it definitely definitely still sounds like typo but there was something about it which i 
I, I don't know, just felt a bit looser and a bit rawer. And that might be down to the drums. It might be down to the composition, you know, like the, the, the songs. At some points, the songs are blisteringly fast and hard. And, yeah. you know, like I've never heard Pete Steele's bass go the way that it does on the title track. That like really kind of he's proper going for it because he's normally got even if you listen to you know one of their faster songs like which probably everyone know like i don't want to be me um his bass actually it still thuds and lumbers throughout that track whereas this one it's it's actually a lot tighter and it's a lot like doing he seems to be playing the kind of the bottom strings or the the top strings if you're a musician (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i um uh uh with a with a lot more vigor yeah. if you like yeah, yeah, yeah. um i think it's also, long as well this album isn't it it's well yeah long. i think i think also that might da- be down to the um pete Steele said that he went into this record clean is the way he put it he basically said that he usually goes into the studio with ideas and stuff and a lot of the songs were made from jams and stuff mm. well, um, again i think you can tell that well Considering it's a 10 track album and it's 77 minutes and we've got, you know, several songs that are very lengthy. So The Prophet of Doom is 10 minutes, 47. September Sun is 9 minutes, 47. These Three Things is 1421. Hail and Farewell to Britain's 855, you know. She burned me down 754. Yeah, yeah. You've got a lot of songs which... Even Tripping the Blind Man, which feels quick, which we'll probably get to in a minute. It's over seven seven minutes. Seven and a half minutes or something like that. So, yeah, um, there's a lot of songs which, but they're, they're never meandering. They kind of go to lots of different places. I mean, they're, they're, like I said before, there were no rules with Typo. That's the beauty of, I think that's one of the beauties of Typo Negative, is they can make a film, like, like I said, Tripping a Blind Man, I just looked at it then, it's seven minutes and four seconds long, right? Mm. Now, to me, that feels like a three-minute pop song. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why, I mean, you can listen to, if you, if you listen to the full version of Black Number One, like to go back to like one of their big, big, big hits. Yeah. To me, listening to the, the, the full version of Black Number One and listening to the radio edit of Black Number One, they feel the same length. Mm, mm. They literally feel like you could put them on and they both stop at the same time mm. because they do so much and they do it so concisely and they do it like so fucking brilliantly. Like, I guess that would be kind of, the, the, the gold standard of what they always wanted to, mm. to hit mm. with in terms of like making these really long songs feel short. Um, and I don't always think they do. Like if I do have a, it's not a criticism, but I don't think they quite do that consistently throughout that album. Because some of these songs do, they don't, they're, they're long and they feel long. That's throughout not a criticism. This, but, this album? Yeah, the, yeah. I'm dead again. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to say, I do think, I think this record sounds, it doesn't sound like it's 77 minutes long, Mm. but if I were being honest, I would still say it sounds too long, if that makes sense. I think think the record is is a bit too long, but not, you know, not... it's 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 amazing to me that it lasts 77 minutes because it doesn't feel like that it feels like it's you know maybe five minutes i'm I'm just looking through the the track listing and i would i mean i it's weird because i wouldn't i I would actually would add i I think i would like to add to some of this uh there's a bit in profits of doom 
the at the start when you actually go oh 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 the prophets are doomed yeah and then when it's and that's that ends like after you know that you you have the kind of the chorus of the song and it, it goes after three minutes and it yeah. never comes yeah. back yeah yeah and I'm always like, you could have, I would have loved them to go back to that go refrain. That, yeah. So that is nearly 11 minutes long. And I would happily have had that song be have it more. 13 minutes long okay. and, and ended on the way it started and bring it all back round again. And some band, you know, it's a, it's a cool trick. And that basically, like Prophets of Doom, which I think is probably the best song on the album yeah, for me. It, Prophets of Doom is fucking awesome. It's an incredible song. Um, the album was going to be called The Prophets of Doom. Um, but uh, they just decided it was too kind of um, t- just just too on the nose. Yeah, uh, not that Dead Again isn't, <laughs> but but um, yeah, the, the album was originally going to be called Prophets of Doom. It is the song where I feel that thing that I said earlier about the Black Sabbath slash Beatles influence. Yes, you can hear the two those two major influences uh-huh. like almost side by side on that can, song yeah, yeah. um and you can hear that in in lots of type of songs but i think it is possibly the most pronounced uh example of those influences maybe in their career um or i don't know okay i'll tell you contender. what i'll tell you what i think it, it does do Here we go. is that when people say it's like black sabbath and it's like the beatles that's kind of vague actually isn't it yeah, like it's yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. those are two because bands who do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> do yeah, all yeah. sorts of things. Prophet, the Prophet of Doom, to give it its moving call, it Prophets of Doom, yep. which is a clutch song. Yep. Um, the Prophet of Doom is sabotage era Black Sabbath with magical mystery tour era Beatles. Yes, yes, I'm to be with that. absolutely on the yeah. fucking nose about it. Definitely, as the, much as I can be. The doomier end of Sabbath. Yeah. mixed with the more uh, bright colorful beatles stuff yeah. i suppose the psychedelic psychedelic yeah, psychedelic yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> scathing scabrous riffs and you know we talk a lot about breadth of music and the like keeping those keeping those two things as far apart from each other as you can the dynamics of music keeping it as far apart from each other as you can yeah that as an idea is is such a fucking brilliant idea and you, you know like in in my head, when I think of how do you mix psychedelic Beatles with the cocaine, how do you mix LSD Beatles with cocaine Black Sabbath? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. fucking, that probably does not sound like, uh, I, I couldn't make it sound the way that Typo Negative make it sound, if you like. Um, so yeah, a wicked, wicked song. And it's funny actually because, I mean, like, you know, this is a long album, but I always think, the two singles that released from it were The Prophet of Doom and September Sun. Both absolutely brilliant, brilliant songs. Yeah. But when you think it's got like Halloween in Heaven, to me, feels much more like almost like a, a sort of, um, uh, you know, like My Girlfriend's Girlfriend is not a novelty song. No. But it feels like it, it works as a single, as a kind of, not jaunty, I don't really know the word. Yeah, fuck it. No, jaunty, girl, almost girl, almost, girl, almost girl. novelty, like, hit mm, single. Mm, and I think Halloween in Heaven would have worked like that. So I was quite surprised they didn't use that. I think Dead do you know, Again... Do you know what Halloween in Heaven's about? Uh, I do not, know. Uh, it's about Dimebag, Daryl. So, um... Mate, I didn't know that. Yeah, so cool. Dimebag uh, was from uh, Guitarist of Pantera, for those who don't know, was very close with the typo negative guys and um 
they didn't talk about it an awful lot at the time because Pete Steele at the time was, this was released four years after Dimebag died, right? Dimebag died 2003. 2004. 2004, okay, so three years after. Mm. So, um, yeah, Pete Steele didn't talk about it too much because he didn't want to give the impression that they were trying to make money off of their friend's death, basically. But he did, he did admit in an interview once that it was... Uh, the two main deaths that this album was sort of influenced by was his mother's and Dimebag's. Right. Yeah. And that, that that song is specifically about Dimebag. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. But again, I mean, but it would make a cool single. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I, I, I thought that dead again would make a really good single as well because it's quite instant and fast and punky. Um, so that is the sort of beauty of type of negative. I think is that they picked, Two songs that combined are over 20 minutes. They last longer than 20 minutes as their two singles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you know what I mean? When they they didn't they didn't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely not. No, there are there are songs on there that that scream single far more than those yeah. those ones do. Yeah. Um, and if you and I tell you as well, if you've ever listened to the sort of the cut down version of the Prophet of Doom just doesn't I and mean, that's one of the they used to be they were so good at doing radio edits for their songs like if you listen to the radio edit of any of the earlier singles um they're usually kind of three and a half four minutes long and then you get the album version which can be like 10 11 yeah. minutes long yeah, yeah um and they they're usually so good at chopping them down yeah but i think because a song like The Prophet of Doom, like I said, is so weird and almost feels like three different songs in one. Yes. The radio edit, to me, does not work at all. Right, okay. Doesn't work. I've never even bothered listening to the radio I, edits, I watched to the honest. video once. Right. I watched the video once. Okay. And it was jarring. Right. Uh, it, it was genuinely quite jarring how much it didn't work. Yeah. It was probably like four and a half minutes long. It was not good. But anyway, um, yeah, an interesting... An, an interesting record from, uh, and I think the, the reason I was so happy to talk about it, I mean, where would you think this would rank in Typo's back catalogue, Renfrey, if you were putting it together? In my personal, mm. uh, it would, it, I, I think in my personal one, it would rank where it would for most other people, and that's probably number three, I think, after October Rust and Bloody Kisses. Yeah. Yeah, that's me too as well. Oh right, I I, I assumed you. that more people would have it down. I know that. Um, I think a lot of people really like World Coming Down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that I know there's a lot of people as well who like the kind of anger of uh, Life Is Killing Me as well. And yeah. I think that I I always assumed that this is maybe I didn't you know maybe I've got it wrong, but I was assumed that this one was not the most popular one although looking at the reviews actually it's got pretty good reviews on most yeah. stuff the nme gave it five out of ten in terms of commercial success it's their biggest charting uh, their best charting album so it got to number 27 in the u.s which is the highest chart position they'd had in their really career i for didn't an album. know that yeah i was under the assumption that this was a bit of a flop uh not according to my incredibly uh, a good source Wikipedia. <laughs> well, <laughs> so but yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm only going by memory mm. 
uh, is all. And I just remember it came out. I mean, well, no but let's, about let's not forget just, just because an album charts high yeah, doesn't necessarily, like it could have yeah. disappeared very quickly. Yeah. And number yeah, 20, King 8, 10. <laughs> watch out. <laughs> and, and number 27 is, you know, not mega high. I mean, no. I, I don't think typo. They weren't like a, they, they were so anti not not specifically anti chart, but they just weren't made to for the charts no, in any way, shape, or form. Where, I, you know. It's just I do I remember the time, and I remember being very very excited that they had a new album out because mm. it's the first one they had out for a long time. Yeah, and I, I remember being really excited that they had a new album out. I remember it was the days where you would go to a record shop on a Monday morning and you would get the album that you knew was coming out that day. Yeah. And I remember, I remember trawling, trawling around London trying to fucking find the thing. Right. And okay. I was a bit like, come on, like this should be a big, in rock, in rock and metal. Mm. You know, I didn't expect it to be a poster in the wall or anything, but it, like yeah. in the window. But it should certainly have been in the show. Like I thought, why is it not getting stocked? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah. And I eventually found it in uh, in Virgin, which I think was Zavi at that point. Right. Zavi on Oxford Street. Uh, and, um, and and it was really expensive as well. It wasn't like, you know, like at this point, CDs on the day they come out would normally be like... Usually a little bit cheaper. Or yeah, 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 yeah. or something. It was still bloody fifteen ninety nine. Right. I was like, come on. Yeah. Um, and they played the Astoria. Uh, and I didn't go. I'm fucking forever gutted that I didn't go. But I heard from all the reviews that people were going, nah, they're terrible. They've had their time. They're not interested. Really? They only played five songs or something like that. They were a bit of a mess. It was crap. And it just felt like it kind of came out and people were more interested in Metalcore and Emo and Fallout Boy and Enter Shikari mm. and, you know, whoever else was the big you know kill switch engage and funeral for a friend and avenge yeah. those bands are kind of around and it just sort of felt like this this brilliant band who just over a decade before were, were a huge deal yeah and existed on their own but still existed on their own as a huge deal 10 years later release this record which i think is a brilliant record i mean i am an absolute fucking mark for i you know if it's not coming across just let me spell it out to you. I am a fucking absolute fanboy for Typo Negative. You quite like this band, I love Typo Negative mm, so yeah. much. And um, yeah, and it just felt like no one gave a shit. But I feel like you've answered your own, uh, it, it wasn't a question, but query in that 10 years ago, they were the big, you know, a big deal. Mm. Wasn't it just all of those other bands that you named were newer and fresher and more zeitgeisty. Yeah, but I mean, and actually when I think about it, this was a time where Corner were three play, three piece and we're yeah. just about clinging on to playing Brixton Academy. Yeah. Um, Deftones had released, what would their album be at that point? Saturday Night at Wrist. Yeah. Saturday Night at Wrist would be, and they they couldn't sell out Brixton Academy. Uh, not they, that, did, they did play it on that tour, didn't they? they did I, don't play know, it I don't know if they sold it out. Yeah, yeah, they did, mate. I was there. They definitely didn't sell it out. Um, and... I'm trying to think of kind of it's hard to even know who 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 are the peers of typo negative. It's hard to even consider like well who could I even compare them to? Yeah. But I don't I remember, you know, there was no feature in Metal Hammer, there didn't seem to be any feature in Kerrang. Yeah. It didn't get reviewed, it didn't end up on anyone's 
best of end of year lists or anything like that. It just kind of came and it went and they did one show at the Astoria and then they fucked off and everyone went. They probably didn't sell out, I don't think. And they were gone again. And when I looked at, well, Nine Inch Nails would be a good example. Nine Inch Nails were tall, like who were, you know, uniquely, these 90s bands who were uniquely themselves, who had a very strong cult following. And it didn't feel like type of negatives fan base had come with them for that. And I, and I just think now... It's weird looking at it 12 years on after that because I feel like at this point, if we had a, if type of negative had split up, say when Pete still died, say they just had gone on high eight. So Pete still died in 2010? Yes. Say Pete still had gone, you know, because they didn't do anything for three years after that, especially not in this country. No, he was, he was just about to start demoing that what yeah. would have been the new type of negative yeah. record before he died, yeah. So say they'd split up after, you know, that tour after, and, and they reform today. Mm. I think people would lose their shit. I, 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 I never saw typo. So no, me I, I mean, I you, you never saw I typo. I never saw typo negative. Whoa. Oh, because when I was really young, when I was much younger than that, I didn't like them. I was like, what is uh, this? Right, right, right. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't get it. I just didn't. Do you know get what? It. it took me a long while to get typo um, properly. Um, in fact, I'd even go as far as to say I've only really got them in the last few years, but um, because they're so different from anyone else. But I mm. think that's exactly like learning more, like the more I learn about music and the more that I find out about music and think about music that I love and music that I hate is the best bands are the bands who you can't easily define and the best bands are the bands who, you know, are in a genre of one, basically. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, 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 even quaff slightly at typo negative being called a metal band yeah I, I mean i don't think they really are at all i think the only reason typo negative are considered a metal band is because they're on roadrunner and they came from <laughs> carnivore yeah yeah and and, 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 the, and the aesthetic slightly like the gothic yeah. sort of aesthetic but and they I, played with all those bands as yeah well, but i don't like they're not really a metal band they're more I think they're closer to the cure than they are a metal band. It's definitely. Yeah. You know. I think, you know, and they're like and a fun they're like Robert Smith. Pete Steele's like Robert Smith, a taller, angrier, more muscly Robert Smith but with a, his tongue in his with a cheek. hilarious sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um and I it's just, you know, I I'm gutted about type of negative. I'm proper gutted. And I I the, what's annoying about it is I I feel like the last sort of few years or whatever People have come out and they've gone, oh man, Pete Steele died and I went back and listened to him and I'm gutted. And Or people have gone, oh, I've discovered them since Pete Steele died and I'm gutted. And I kind of felt gutted when this album came out. I kind of remember listening to it, like missing the Astoria show mm. just because it was one of them times in your life where you didn't get to go to many gigs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go and I was like, oh, I should have done that. And being gutted for a few years going, oh, they've fucking gone now. They've gone for ages. And when are they going to come? And I remember even before Pete still dying going, when the fuck are Typo coming back? Like, what's going mm-hmm. on? I wanted mm-hmm. like, now I'm like absolutely chomping at the bit. I love this record. And, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a shitter. Like they're such a fucking brilliantly unique band and they've gone out on such a weirdly brilliant record. It's yeah. a brilliant record. I mean, I really, it's not, it's not it's, perfect. It's let's not, be honest. It's, it's not, not perfect. perfect. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the, 
maybe in terms of the actual individual songs, they're the least cohesive those long songs yeah, are. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, And I think the jam nature of it comes out. I think they, they change from one thing to another to another very, very sharply. Like yeah. there's a hell of a lot of sharp left turns yes. rather than the way that it flows. Flowed before, than, yeah, than, yeah. Than on the earlier stuff. But still, there's something quite nice about that. Yeah. No, I think something it's... something quite uh, different about that that they that they didn't have on their other stuff and it's almost like prophet of doom is like a day in the life yes where it's basically two completely different songs but it's three yeah um and they're really fucking good at that and yeah what a fucking brilliant band what do brilliant you band. know the reason why rasputin's on the cover no i don't is it something to do with no i don't <laughs> <laughs> um well, I'll just read this Pete Steele quote to you. So he said uh, he's probably the best looking typo negative member, uh, referring to Rasputin. Yeah. Uh, he really puts us to shame. I feel a kind of special affinity with him. The guy was an Orthodox Russian and I'm a Roman Catholic. He was an alcoholic, a drug addict, a womanizer. He got into fights after mass and the communists couldn't kill him. The Bolsheviks tried to assassinate him a whole bunch of times and failed. And I thought, man, this guy gets away with it. He dodges a bullet with everything he fucking does. And so do I. Plus, Rasputin was able to cure uh, hemophilia. And that comes into the blood blood theme, you know, typo negative. And he looks like one of us. He hasn't bathed in two months. He's unshaven and he hated the world. And I think yeah. that pretty much sums up typo negative, doesn't it, really? Yeah, it does. And uh, Rasputin. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, because I'd, I'd always, I loved the cover and I'd always found it really striking, but I had absolutely no idea what the hell Rasputin had to do with this record. Yeah. But it is that idea of not being able to kill someone and Dead Again. I mean, Dead Again, Dead Again the song Dead Again is actually about um, Pete Steele's cocaine use. And how he would feel like every time he snorted a line, he felt like he died inside and was yeah. like coming back to life kind of thing. But um, yeah, again, it just comes back to those. This is a record about more. This is possibly the record that's most about mortality in a band's discography. Talk about death a lot. You're obsessed with, yeah. <laughs> You're obsessed with death. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like going this is the album that's most about california and the red hot chili peppers <laughs> discography um and yeah it's actually probably in some ways their lightest record yeah, as well yeah, it's it really it's of such an odd the juxtapositions of it are so odd and weird and it's like nothing you've ever heard before mm. i don't think it's, no, they that's are why utterly, they're brilliant utterly utterly unique. it's rare that i will go nobody sounds like this band but nobody sounds like type of no. negative nobody and one if i do have one criticism it's not of the actual content of the album but it's of the fact that i don't know why this is it's not on apple music and it's not on spotify so if you want to go not? and listen to it everything else that type of negative have ever done is on the streaming platforms. This album is not, and I don't know why that is. I've it's, googled it before. It's I've surely a like it's shitty emails to the people at Spotify. Going, have you? What the fuck? No, well, I haven't. I've gone on that thing. Gone. Where's Dead again? On the bloody why? What's going on? It's surely a label thing. It must be a label because thing. because if, if all the others are on Roadrunner and this is SPV, yeah. Um. So it's so it must be something to do with the label, mm. but um. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably the label you should be contacting rather than Spotify, to be honest. Well, I just was asking. Do you know what I mean? Like, why is that not on there? Because there's a forum that you can ask. What, like, there's loads of like Fear of a Blank Planet by Porcupine Tree not on there. What? Yeah, I know. Shitter. It's fucking bonkers. Yeah, it's just some. It's just going. What album does Stephen Hill really like? Oh, let's not put that on there. <laughs> fucking assholes. Anyway, 
thank you very very much for listening uh thank you very very much rick watts for picking a brilliant album by one of my fucking absolutely one of my favorite bands ever go over to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast and you can contribute and maybe decide what we're going to do next we're going to be doing devin townsend yep. soon aren't we we're going to be doing uh, miles, miles of Volta. and just looking down this list here oh my god there's a lot of stuff actually to be fair um, and I've just ruined it by accidentally We're going to do exotic off. animal petting zoo because I really want to do that. We're going to do cattle uh, decapitation. Uh, uh, cattle decapitation, the anthropine, anthropocene yeah. extinction. Yeah, yeah. and do a whole more. Stuff, yeah. And more. Yeah. All right, anyway, that's enough. We will see you soon. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> cheery, ta- cheery bye. Bye-bye. Bye.